Welcome to another episode of Mick and Ori's Classic Cars. I'm Mick. And I'm Ori. And Ori, the Fiat Bambino, we're going to talk about that in this episode. Yeah, we were lucky enough to have a couple of them over the weekend, Mick. And an iconic car for Fiat, an iconic car really for the automobile industry. Everyone knows that car. Everyone knows that car. They built, you know, nearly four million of them. <laughs> Unbelievable. And, you know, it must, it's, cars capture eras and time and place and Growing up, I used to love that car. I saw it everywhere. The few times we went back to Italy, I saw them in the street and I just wanted to have one. They were so cute. So cute. It's unbelievably small. And, and you know, if you go to Italy or see any movies in Europe, you see those. They look absolutely gorgeous. And, you know, but the things you saw... Slightly different versions of them, but they use them as everyday cars. They use them, you know, as little work cars, little utes that they converted them into. There were the little, those three-wheeler ones with the handlebars that looked similar. They're all off that same platform. Yeah, there was the Giardinetta, which is the little bus type thing. It's amazing. Look, it's a great little car. I didn't realise how good it is. Um, until we were fortunate enough, a friend of ours let us uh, use it for a, a week or so and we went for a drive in it. But it's it's amazing. I mean, my son sat, stood next to it and his hips was above the top. Yeah, it, it, you actually don't realise how small uh, the old ones are. I mean, we were lucky enough to have a, a 1970 Fiat Bambino with an updated motor, though. It had the Nicky motor. It did have an updated motor. He's got the original motor, but he's put the 650 Nicky engine in there. The tyres would have been... Really, Mick? Tiny. What are they? 10 centimetres wide? Really? They're, they're they're tiny tyres. Pizza cutters. I'll really call them smaller than pizza cutters that you got on hot rods. Definitely. You know, so when you see the car, it is so small. Inside, it is small. It is, inside is small, but it's actually reasonably roomy. The seats are large. I found that you really can't, like, on your back, it's actually quite big. You've got support there. So, yeah, I get it. But listen, it's small. Trust me, you'll see the photos on Instagram and things like that. It is a small, tiny little car. But let me tell you, I've seen some bigger people, tall people. You, mate, they use them. And, you know, in Europe, of the of for the era, they were constantly in use. And it's a it's an air-cooled engine, so there's no water in it. And there's no adjustment to the seats, no adjustment to the back. You can't, you know, sort of, you, you pull the seat forward, you sit in the back. If you can't fit, you can't put the seat back down. And ours, and ours had the convertible top, which was the manual that you just pretty much moved it with your hand, the little uh, visor that uh, came over the top. It was more like a, a sunroof, not the real convertible one that brings the canvas right down. It's yeah, just a, one one uh, handle and you open it up, sort of a, a small opening. But pretty basic, a pr- pretty basic four-speed gearbox. I had a few switches there that, Mick, I think were lights. Not many, not many switches. Right, a a wiper was on a switch. The starter button, which I thought was pretty cool for 1970. Yeah, the starter button, I found out, though, because I did have trouble starting it, apart from the had a flat battery, which we did uh, charge it overnight, is there's a couple of controls between the seats on, on the floor. In other words, in the basically between the two seats on the, on the bottom there. And one is actually uh, a starter which I think in this case was changed to a button. So that button wasn't original, I don't think. And the other one is a choke. So now I understand why it took me ages to start this in a cold morning. Right. Uh, Look, Mick, I don't know about you, but, you know, that car, just driving, I had sat in them and I'd been in them, but I hadn't actually driven one. 
I uh, realised that night. I've driven the newer Fiat's and the new 500's, but I've never driven an older one, and that's the oldest one I uh, got to drive. And I, it just brought me back to memories, and I'm looking at the Lego set here in the room of the Fiat 500 from the movie Cars. They are so iconic that when I sat in that car, I thought I was back in Europe. I thought I was in Italy. It does put a smile on your face. You actually drive it with a grin on your face. Yeah. And I must say, this one is actually very nippy. It it moves along quick. The gears are easy. The gearbox was really easy. Smooth. Yeah. Very smooth. The movement, the, the gear changes, very smooth. The clutch, extremely smooth. The steering, super easy. And you know what? When you put your foot down, it actually moved. It moved, like you okay. said, it moved. I mean, you wouldn't want to go too far in it. It's. Uh, I think you enjoy going in and out of traffic and zipping around, but, I mean, you wouldn't go up a freeway, I wouldn't have thought. I mean, it's rated to, what, 105 kilometres an hour? Top speed of 105 kilometres an hour. I thought it was interesting. You say a zip and nippy in, in and out. Interesting when you've done a three-point turn there in one of the side streets, so Mick. It looked like you were trying to do a three-point turn in that thing. In which the oh, eye, yes, that's right. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. But you can actually tell why, you know, and now as a as an adult looking back on my childhood and like I touched on going back to Europe, I used to see them parked straight on, you know, not side on, but straight on, on footpaths. I said, look how these people are parking these cars. How do you do that? I now get it because because they only they'd be lucky to be two point four or five wide, so it's a width of a car park. Absolutely, but the other way. So other way, and so great car, mate. It brought back so many memories. I, I said I said it on the weekend. I actually wanted those cars, the Fiat five hundred Bambino, to be my wedding cars. And then someone said, "Well, how many people in the bridal party?" And I said, "Well, we've got about eight. Well, you're not going to get them we, in there. You know, well, you need about twenty cars. So we didn't go down that track. But I love them. Iconic car." Beautiful car. And, and what did we compare it to, though, Mick? Well, we hadn't. I hadn't driven one either, Ori. So that was the first time for you and the first time for me. But it really was a joy to drive. I took my wife with it. Teresa came with me on that first trip. So we went down to Willow Bend, had a coffee there. Yep. Uh, but before that, we went past your place, Ori, and we went to pick up another one. We did, and we picked up a, um, a Fiat Arbath. 695 Tributo Ferrari. I actually owned one of these cars uh, a few years ago and they actually said when they released this car, which is the Arbath version of the Tributo Ferrari, that uh, they made them so when people, owners of Ferraris were dropping off their cars for service, that's the car they would give them while their car was being serviced. And these things are pretty quick. Not a bad loan car, is it? A great little loan car. And it actually relaunched that whole Arbath series, I would say, for the for the Fiat's. Yeah, so that's based on the new 500. Yep. So this was a 2012, I think, Ori, the Correct. 695. Yep. Completely, you know, I mean, the looks, you can tell it's a Fiat 500. There's no doubt. They've done a really good job in the retro. Retro, but bigger. You can it's definitely tell bigger. it's bigger. Yeah. I mean, it's small when you see it by itself, though, isn't it? it? By itself, but next to this one, when you see the photos, it's it's unbelievably Chalk bigger. Chalk and cheese, how and much it's, it's a lot bigger. Anyway, so we drove over to pick up this other one. So you drove that back to your place. So that's not a manual gearbox. It's the uh, buttons with the paddle shift. Completely different drive, Mick. Yeah, you know, it's comfort. It's got a, it's got air conditioning. It's got a lot of mod cons that these new cars would have, and it's quick. You know, in sport mode, it's really quick. Yeah, and and what did you feel about driving that? So you drove that straight after driving the Bambino, the Topolino, they call it as well. Uh, what did you feel about that? Yeah, look, I had owned one, and when I owned it, and I drove it most days, it was my you know it was my company car there for a while. 
I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. It was just easy to drive. Had the up and go when you wanted it. And like I said, zippy, nifty. And it did originally, of course, it put a smile on my face. But not like the smile that the original you know, Bambino did, when I, which I drove that. And I didn't get that same feeling having not driven the car for such a long time and now having driven my uncle's who owns one also. It brought back memories of owning it. Do I miss it? No, I don't miss it. And I was the same as you, Ori. Look, I, I ended up driving the 695 and it sits high. When you're sitting in the seat, it actually sits too high. Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't like the flappy paddles. I would, would love to have had that in a manual. And it's a you know a single clutch, so the gear changes aren't that good. I mean, it is certainly quick and it's comfortable. It does all the you know the right things. Correct. It's got the noise. It's got the grunt. It's got that little rumble happening. This and that. But let me tell you, I got more joy. And I drove a mate's the other about a month ago now. His five nine five Competizione manual. Yeah, I Nick. haven't driven one of those. Uh, Nick, that put a smile on my face. Okay, is that the seating position? Are you sitting high lower. on that? As, lower. Oh, it's lower than the six nine five. Absolutely lower. So why is the six nine five? I'm so not high? sure. Look, I'm not sure if the setting of the uh, of the chair was right, but I, I couldn't see where you could actually put it. Maybe down you in that can chair. adjust it, but, but it's look, it's it's like a little mini race car setup because it's got the bucket seat almost because it's got the carbon fiber behind on those uh, seats in the six nine five. I just find that the five nine five is a little bit more. Uh, Rora, if that makes the any six, sense. Nine, five. It, the 595. Oh, the competition. Yeah, it's, it's just dumbed down a little bit, but it's Rora, but it's more similar to the Topolino, you know, to the little Bambino that we were driving. It just it was a lot easier to drive, I found, and you're actually driving it. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to driving the competition. I'm, I, I got and a they're a touch got, smaller. Touch smaller than the 695? Yep. You yep. think so? Yep. Oh, they must probably look the same shape, the same size, this and that, but they just feel smaller and look smaller in my opinion. Yeah, well, I wasn't impressed with the 695 at all, really. I must admit, I thought I've driven it, you know, I'd rather get back in the little 500. Yeah. Uh, but again, the little 500, the Bambino, you you know, I mean, you'd pick where you'd drive it to. You know, you'd go for a coffee or whatever, like what we did with the Willow Bend, you know, and it, everyone that sees it smiles. It's, it's unbelievable. Everyone loves it. I'm going to say that I think the smiles I got or we got when we were driving the the Bambino were far outweighed the Ferrari smiles. They were different smiles, Mick. They're different smiles because they appreciate it. You know, it's not over the top. You know, um, they just – and people were just sitting there looking at it, you know, yeah. when it was parked. How many people went up there and looked at it? But So we had it parked in front of Willow Bend Coffee and thanks to Ben for welcoming us at Willow Bend um, – a local coffee, coffee by road. the way. Yeah. Nice Lo- espresso. Lo- local coffee roaster blends all on site and uh, roasts all on site, so fantastic. While we were parked at the front and we had both cars there, what pulls up? A Fiat 500 convertible, 500C. Yeah, and that was interesting because she pulled up about four cars behind and I quickly went over, yep. knocked on the window. She put it down reluctantly. She's thinking, what's this guy coming up there? I said, look, if you don't mind, uh, we've got, we've two, got, others got two others. Can you park in front? I know it's in the driveway, but can you park in front? And she said, yeah, okay. So, so then, you know, when we had those three cars parked there, we had an evolution of them to see how the standard 500 to a 695 and to the original where it all started. And for me, if you say, what, which one do you pick? I'd take the original. I'd take the original for sure. Look, you know, it's uh, it's an ornament in, in – you could put it in your lounge and just keep it there and it's uh, next next to your couch. So we discussed this. And Mick, I know you and I, we got a bit excited when we first saw that car and it was a friend of ours and he said, look, please take it, you know, enjoy it, do what you want with it, do a podcast on it and hence what we're doing. But then we said, Mick, should we buy this? Should we actually buy this? And for about two weeks there, we were contemplating buying the thing. 
Do we want to buy one though? Well, now that we've uh, driven one, and you say about user usability, what do you think? That's a th- that's the thing. I said, I mean, if I had not only room but money, and just thought I needed another car, as in whether you call it a collection or whatever, I would like one of those. But you know, would I pick that over something else? I mean, when am I going to use that? Yeah, I mean, look, this one's been restored. Semi-restored, let's say. It hasn't had a complete nut and bolt restoration, but it's been restored to pretty great condition. It's a good uh, driver. It's a good driver. I agree. I, I want one. Would I use it as often as I thought I would use it before we had driven it? Because in my mind, I said, oh, if we had this, we'd drive it. Maybe not. But, yeah, definitely, if I had room, and you don't need a lot of room, that could go in our living room, it like could you go said. anywhere. Yeah, I definitely would want one in my collection. I think, And I think, Mick, I'd actually like to do a restoration on one. So I'd like to find one that's run down and do a complete nut and bolt restoration. Well, I think with those Fiat's, you can actually buy every part and from scratch, actually, not even having a car, you can build one from scratch. And so all the parts are still all accessible? All the parts you can apparently buy. There's a lot of reproduction, and I'm sure there's, you know, better quality ones or whatever. But again, you know, you'd have to get it registered. You'd have to have compliance plates, so I'm not sure how that works. Yeah, I'd love to see. And, um, yeah, well, a friend of ours, Mario, who's got the original um, – Fiat that he bought the 105 yeah and he's got the photo the 1923 the 1923 105 he's got the photo of the factory where they were all made online I'd love to see a photo of the Fiat factory with all the bambinos lined up there would be hundreds and hundreds of them yeah exactly because how many how long would they have taken to produce let's be honest well, you're talking nine, you know, three point nine million they produced. This is the original series, not not the current model. No, but I'm saying to actually put one together, you know, because yeah. a small car, there's not much to them. I reckon they would have been banging them out. You know, they would have been pretty quick. Well, they when they came out, they were the poor man's car. They were built like the VW Beetle, similar to the VW Beetle. It's supposed to be a cheap car. I think that's one reason why it was air cooled as well and I think they probably copied the, a bit of the V-dub you know interesting you say the V-dub because you're right they came out the similar eras and for that same reason I think the, the V-dub came out before this just before yeah just before because this is early uh, mid 50s 55 I think these first come out so the V-dub the owner of this Fiat actually has bought a V-dub and he's doing that one up and he's more excited about the V-dub than he is about the Fiat yeah, or about his Porsche. Or about his Porsche. Exactly right. So isn't that unbelievable? His, his um, niche is that uh, V-dub. He loves it. And he wants to restore that to back for what it was. I'll take the Fiat 500 any day over the V-dub. Absolutely. I've got no interest in driving the V-dub. No, no disrespect to any V-dub listeners out there, Volkswagen listeners. Well, we're talking um, about the early Beatles, though. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Exactly right. So I think the Fiat 500 for me, I'd pick it every day of the week. Absolutely. Yeah. And look, you know, if you're going to have one... When would you use it? We talked about that before. It's really just a short trip, coffees, shop maybe, or maybe a car event or whatever, but you wouldn't take it too far. You know, I had my wife and my daughter in it when I drove and the smiles on their faces, because it was stepping back in history. It's stepping back in time. And uh, your wife took a beautiful photo of my daughter from the back of the car and you see her it's Smiling, so cute. Yeah. It's just a cute look. It's that for me. We created a memory on the weekend driving a Fiat 500. And if you haven't driven one, please try yeah. and find one, source one out because it is a really fun drive. You need to drive one. There's no doubt. And you know, we talked to that the lady that had the other one, 
the 500C. Yes. And she had that from you, it's, uh, 2017. Yep. She absolutely loves that car and she's looking forward to hopefully one day buying a Fiat 500, the Bambino, like we had. The oh, so she wanted an original? She wants an original one as well, but she doesn't want to get rid of the one she's got. So she's like that so much. Yeah, and, and hers was a true convertible where the whole roof pretty it's much a, peeled the off. The canvas roof or whatever, it's, yeah. whatever it is that comes right down. So she just says she uses it every day and loves it. What what the Sunday Drive did do for me, Mick, it took me back to Tasmania. It took me back to the Motor Museum. And it took me back oh, to, to that, that Topolino that we saw, the black one. That was with the suicide doors. With the su- And I, you know what? I started searching and saying, I think that's what I want. I the, want one of those. The original one, the original Topolino. Yeah, I want to drive one of those now. It'd be interesting. I mean, because that won't have synchros or anything, I don't think. I don't think so. But just to see that car and we saw that fully restored, I just thought it was wonderful. It was a great, great experience, that Fiat 500. I highly recommend it. So we've talked more about the Fiat 500. The 695, we weren't really wrapped in that. that. Look, I love this. Look, I loved it. I bought a 695. For what it was made to do, you know, the Ferrari, the tribute to Ferrari, it had the race... uh, limited numbers it had racing seats carbon fiber it had little cues to play against Ferrari the engine was a 695 Bath engine tweaked up they're a great car fun car and had we not driven the original Fiat I would be here bragging about it this and that but I've been there done that if that makes any sense and it's one of those cars that I've sold that oh well if I had I kept it I'd still be happy the fact that I've sold it I'm not upset You're about not it either about yeah that, correct yeah. do it, I want to replace it not really and if you did, would you probably look at either the 500 or the Competizione? So if I was to replace it for modern Competizione, absolutely, 595. Uh, otherwise, an original and re um, and do a nut and bolt restoration. And maybe the early, the Topolino, the suicide oh, doors, yeah, the original ha- ones. I don't you think. know, you talk about the Giardiniera, you do We don't even see those here, Mick. Yeah. We do know a bloke that's got a few of them. I know. We're well, one, well, there's David's got a few. He's got. We're one, having dinner uh, with him in a couple yeah, of weeks. Might so twist may, his arm. Maybe we'll get that down here and have a chat about that. That's a very good point. The owner of David, who you, Mick just mentioned, when he talks about his Fiat 500s and his collection of them, he just brings a small t- and he wouldn't sell any of them. It wouldn't sell anyone. And I think one of his favourites is the Giardinetta, which is these like the station wagon. Yeah. He says if they like his kids, he would not sell any of them. But when he speaks about them and he's he's got the race fiats and he's got it, that just brings a smile to his face. And I saw it over in Tasmania when he was talking about them. I didn't quite get it. Guess what? A light bulb moment on yeah. Sunday. I got it. And he's not a small boy either. He's reasonably tall. So And he gets in there and that's, that's the beauty about them. They were made very spacious yep. because they needed to be – you know, economical and spacious back then. Well, hang on. They drove their families around in it, Mick. That's right. How many times do you see you know, two adults and two kids in the back? Yep. That was their family car. I mean, the boot was pretty spacious, a few shopping bags and things like that. Some people actually drove from north, uh, from south to north of Italy, north to south of Italy in these things. Well, to be fair, that was before they had the freeways, so they wouldn't be going on the freeways because uh, well, they're not allowed to go on the freeways. I don't think that, yeah, correct. But that, that would CC. be an interesting thing. There's a bucket uh, bucket list moment. We need to drive a Fiat 500 from Milan to, south? to Calabria. Around the coast. Around the coast. It has to be around the coast. How nice would that be? We can squeeze past the buses and the trucks. And I'll tell you what, the girls can come. Yeah, they can come (laughs) back, yeah. I don't think they'll fit in, but anyway. Look, it was a great 
great little run that we had. Loved and it. it was good that we actually both got to drive, both of them, at different times, of course. And our wives uh, came and Francesca came as well, which was great. It was a it was it was a different drive day for us, you know. We weren't you know trying to go for a you know a spirited drive or anything. We were just cruising around, and we loved it. So, uh, congratulations to the Fiat Five Hundred. Uh, congratulations to the Agnelli family and uh, for designing such a beast. And you know what Fiat stands for, don't you, Mike? Fix it again, Taladira. No, it's not fix, oh, it, fix again, it again, Tony. No, Fabbrica Italiana oh. Automobili Torino. So they're part of Italian and Torino's history. They're part of Italian culture. They're in every Italian movie of the 50s, 60s and 70s. You're bound to see one in there. And, uh, you know, it was a true honour to be able to drive one and, you know, just step back in time. I loved it. Magic, magic, magic day and great little car. All right, we're going to leave it there, Ari. It was good. Okay. Thanks for listening. And you can catch us on the show with Mickanori at gmail.com, of course on Instagram, and also we've got YouTube videos and you'll see some uh, snippets of um, what we did on the Sunday. And remember, if your car's not a classic, it will be one day. Thanks, guys. Thanks.